the volume. Oral Sessions is brought to you by FanDuel. It's never been easier to play fantasy on FanDuel. Whether you love basketball, golf, soccer, or any other fantasy sport, there's a contest for every fan. FanDuel, more ways to win. Hey guys, welcome to Oral Sessions. Today I have on an amazing guest. She is an absolute legend in the ring. Six-time women's champion. Just one of the most revered women inside the locker room, I would say. I mean, just looking at what she's been able to do in the, in the world of wrestling throughout the duration of her career. She's an absolute badass. She is a grown-ass woman. Mickey James is on the show. I mean, this woman is a surefire first ballot Hall of Famer. Cannot wait to see when that happens. I mean, obviously, that's got to be in the future. No questions asked. Obviously, we talked about Trash Bag Gate 2021, talked about all the the things that had happened, the the falling out onto social media and, you know, just this conversation that this has really turned into. So we kind of clear the air on all things with that of her receiving her uh, her package from WWE upon her release. Um, we talk about the release. We talk about what the future is going to look like for her. Um, what other promotions she might be looking at, what things that she wants to still contribute in the world of wrestling and looking at things on the other side as well. I mean, whether she was going to step into a commentary role, into the producer role, all of these other options that are are there for somebody like Mickey James. So we break all of that down and then also talk about all of the other projects that she's working on outside of the ring. She's got a brand new single coming out. We talk about that called Grown Ass Woman. She's got her show, Grown Ass Woman. I'm seeing a theme here and I enjoy it very much. And she also has her supplement company, which is LegacySups.com that her and her husband, uh, Nick Aldis, are working on. So we break all that down right here on this episode. Let's get into it. Here's Mickey James. Guys, welcome to Oral Sessions. I am joined by none other than the freaking legend herself, my sweet dear friend, Mickey James. Hello. Hello. You're so sweet. Thank you. How are you doing? I'm so good. I'm doing great. How are you? I'm also great. I am like large and in charge over here, but I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm just, I'm looking at the calendar all the time being like, how much more time do I have? Where are we at? Uh, But no, everything is good. It's all good. I remember in my pregnancy, like that last eight months, I was really feeling it and I couldn't see my feet. And yeah, you know, it was a whole thing. Love a good blind shaving. There's no (laughs) idea what's happening. (laughs) Just a hope and a prayer. You're like, maybe this will work out. I have no idea. I think think this Uh is it. (laughs) The effort. It's all about the effort. Um, All right. So there's obviously plenty going on with you these days. And uh, specifically, I'm going to get into something that's brand new is um, you were trending on Twitter. I was trending. What happened? What happened, Mick? So many things have happened, uh-huh. you know, Renee. It's been a whirlwind. You, If you know me, you know I'm a very sarcastic kind of snark. Sure. Like, in a loving way. I'm never, I don't feel, at least I hope I'm not, like, hateful, I guess that would be the word. But I just, you know. I definitely did not interpret it that way at all. But again, I know you, so I know your tone. I understood where it came from. And you even said during the initial tweet of like, hey, super grateful for everything with WWE, but like, come on. Um, And then that just snowballed real quick. Wow. Took off. Yeah. It's funny because I had texted you um, because I had also had my stuff sent to me in a trash bag. 
Um, but I just honestly, I just didn't think much of it. But I had something similar. I saw Chelsea Green tweeted that um, or what she posted on her Instagram. Or, geez. Wow. I just turned into like my own mom. She was on the Twitter, <laughs> the Instagram. She was on whatever. She was on her own podcast. Facebook. Jesus. So she's on her <laughs> podcast and she was saying how she got her bag that had stuff that wasn't even hers. It was like Natty's boots right. or something. And that's what happened to yeah. mine. So I ended up texting a bunch of the girls in the locker room and I, I ended up with like a bunch of makeup, like a ton of makeup, someone's right. full makeup bag. And I was like, I don't know who this is. And nobody claimed it. So right. That is what it is. But, um, Okay. So just walk me through like what happened. So you get your, you get your package at home, you send out the tweet well, and boxes. then like what happened? I have two boxes, but cause I, I apparently had a lot of stuff there. <laughs> we moved My in. drawer was fat. Yeah. Yes. It was completely packed, overflowing. Um, yeah, I just, you know, I kind of in that moment was like, oh shit, they still do this. Like, that's kind of funny. Like, oh on par for like, like in that moment, you know how you, like, I don't know. It was like in a space of like, you know, how, when you feel you, when you first leave and you're just like, Oh, that's kind of, kind of sucks. But there's always like so many things. And I'm all like, we are always working on hopefully other things and other projects and like looking at all this other stuff. So you do have more freedom and space to be able to explore those opportunities. But at the same time, I was just kind of like, ah, I just wish for so many things. And I get my stuff and it's in the trash bag and I'm just like, Oh, it's on par, whatever. Because it's just like, it was, I don't even feel like it was like something that was malicious or anything like that. It's just like kind of thoughtless and tone deaf. That's all. And that's the thing. It's like, you know, like I I can kind of like picture the person packing it up and not really thinking twice about it. Cause that's how it's just obviously been done for so right. long and no thought put behind it. Not thinking of like what that subliminal message might be that the person on the other end is receiving the right. hurt feelings. And, and also, I mean, I just for like, I'm sure obviously you must've been talking to Chelsea and I don't know if you've been talking to the Iconics or Samoa Joe or anything during these releases, but what was sort of the vibe from you guys? Did all of that just come out of left field? I mean, I, I know there's like, that post mania sort of release people sort of anticipate it, but knowing that so many people had been released prior, like early on in the pandemic, it kind of felt like, why did people need to be let go right now? Well, yes, I agree. And especially it's like, Oh, budget cuts. And they're seem to be doing very well. But at the same time, I was like, they always have like that cleanup after mania. They always do it. Like it's like a traditional thing. I feel like there's always people and maybe it was less people this year. I don't really know. And I just, for me, I didn't really, not foresee it coming. Cause I think I'd been in this space for so long. I'd been sitting injured, just kind of hanging out and trying out these other roles. So I just felt like I was in this kind of weird space anyway. I wasn't so shocked for myself. There was a few, like, I was pretty shocked about Billy Kay. I was like, Oh, that's kind of weird. Like I just didn't see that one coming. Even them splitting them up too was like, come on. But I think they're both going to thrive. They're going to do amazing. And Chelsea's already like, she's so funny, dude. She's great. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> she is. She's a trip. And, and the thing is, is like kind of going back to what you said, it's like, you know, as much as you can anticipate and sort of know that that like, you know, they kind of clean house after WrestleMania um, and maybe not so much anticipating at this time or that there wasn't as many people, but it was like really impactful people that were let go in this round and, you know, no disrespect to, to other, you know, situations that have happened like this before, but I mean, to see you be released in Samoa Joe and the Iconics and like, yeah, it just, it just seemed a little mind boggling of like, wait, what, how is there not space for these people? How is there not creative for these people? I don't understand. I think because I've been there before and I was in a much different space 
then. And I think from that, like that was really in the space when I thought about like, oh, I'm just going to take a picture of it because it's funny because myself and Chelsea's or Billy Kay's or Peyton's shoes, I would never post that picture then because like there, you're always thinking like, oh, well, there's, you know, a chance for me to come back and there's all this other stuff and you don't want to ruffle feathers or you don't want to, you don't also want to make it seem like negative from, because we are so grateful for what we do and the opportunities and the platforms. It's just more about like, oh, you kind of feel that going out the door of like, okay, here's your, here's your shit kind of way. I always find that conversation or at least like my own internal conversation with that mindset of like, of course, we're all very grateful for the opportunities that we have and the platforms that we've been given and, you know, working with WWE and that obviously leverages us moving into things outside of WWE and what that future is going to look like. But I also think, you know, don't take any credit away from the hard work that everyone else puts into to either be signed by WWE. You're not plucked from complete obscurity. I mean, you've already had your wheels in motion. Then you get in there, you're still busting your ass. So, I mean, it is, yes, of course, thank you for all those opportunities and for all the time that we've had there, but it's not like you were completely just handed these opportunities. No, you have to bust your ass to get there. You <laughs> yeah. know, you, you work so, so hard. And I think, you know, obviously it's interesting because most of the stuff has been to women because we have our drawers there. And like the men, like obviously some of them have like jackets and more elaborate costumes, but they mostly carry all their stuff with them. So they take it with them. And then, so it's, it, that's one of the reasons why it's been just women. And you look back and it's like Gail and, and so many people said, oh yeah, that happened to me too. And then it's just like, oh yeah, well, it's just one of those weird things. It was like, I guess we didn't really think I was just kind of like, oh yeah. What was the conversation you had afterwards? I'm, I'm sure TR must've reached out to you and I, Hunter had tweeted about it and Steph had tweeted about it. Did you actually talk to them personally? Well, I talked to Vince personally, you know, that's, I did. And I spoke to Johnny after and I got messages and just texts with people, but I was just like, they, everyone was super apologetic and we got, you know, the flowers and it was, that was nice. And it was more, it was just nicer to have a conversation with Vince and for him, he's like, I, this is not what I think of you. And I respect you as a talent. For me, that was like the conversation I guess I needed to have to say like, okay, that's cool. Like, it's cool. Like I'm not, it's not like I'm out here going like, oh, F those guys or anything. Like, Cause it's just not who I am. I would just rather be like, oh, okay. But it's nice to bring awareness to it. And it's just more nice to say, hey, we can't treat people like this. Like, you can't do that. That's bullshit. Like, just have a little respect in that sense. And I don't feel like it was an intentional disrespect, but it just more goes in line with how it goes sometimes. You know, that's sort of just like how it goes. It's like as much as like Hunter and Steph and Vince aren't aware of what's happening. That's the problem with such a giant machine is there's all these different arms that are taking care of things and people don't realize how much stuff like that happens and how that's going to make somebody feel, especially in a circumstance like that. But anyways, enough of the trash bag talk. Oh, enough, of, <laughs> enough of the trash talk. <laughs> I know. It's so awkward because everything can get spun 10,000 ways, you know, and I'm never, I'm just not a negative person. And I just don't feel like it's good to even bring that energy as I'm working on all my other projects and stuff into that space. So I'm just like, you know, I, it is that you're grateful for them, but you did bust your ass and you did create a name and, and a legacy all in its own for yourself. And hopefully that meant something and it was awesome. So, yeah. You know, those hot takes you post on social media. Well, now you can win up to five thousand dollars when you put those takes to the test on FanDuel. It's a new game called Over Under and it's absolutely free to play on FanDuel. So here's how it works. 
FanDuel will set lines on things like total points or three-pointers made during every NBA on TNT broadcast. All you have to do is pick over or under for every prop. Your picks could win you a share of $5,000 during every contest. FanDuel is the exclusive home for over-under, and it's available in all 50 states. You can play from anywhere. All you have to do is go to fanduel.com slash over under and sign up now. If you've not done so already, please just do it. You're going to love it. Just create a new FanDuel account. If you don't already have one, it takes less than two minutes to sign up. Then you put your takes to the test during every NBA on TNT broadcast at fanduel.com slash over under. They could be worth up to 5,000 bucks. Do it. Age and location restrictions apply. See FanDuel.com for terms and conditions. Okay, so in your time kind of winding down, even if you weren't so much aware of it, but as, I mean, you had been out with an injury. It was your knee, correct? Yeah, my ACL. That was like literally my first real injury that I had surgery or anything on. But I've had other injuries, don't get me wrong, but nothing that I'd like taken that length, like to have surgery or anything. So it was different to be in that space, you know, I think just like coming back from that and the rehab and all that. Where are you at now with it? Oh, I feel great. I mean, what was sort of like that journey of trying to like get back in the rings? I know, I mean, you had been in production meetings, you had been kind of trying on these different hats of like, were you considering stepping into a producer role or was that more so getting you ready to maybe step in and do more commentary? I think I was just trying on a bunch of hats to see what I excelled at, what I was good at, what I really liked. And I love all of those factors. I I really enjoyed the commentary. I felt like I needed to grow more. I wish I was like, it's just you and me both sister. It's not easy. No. It is. I commend it. Like I commend anyone in those shoes. And it's not until you sit in that role that you can see it from that lens. Right. Like, and I think even as a performer, I've always taken in wrestling from the wrestler's perspective. So I can kind of give that sideways view of it, but it's not really relatable to everyone because they're not thinking in wrestler mode and to have to see it from your perspective and call it to the fans the way they understand. It. It's just a whole different animal. Because you had called like a couple main events and had kind of like tested the waters a little bit. Yeah. It really is a thing that just takes so much time and it's getting in those reps. And when you're doing them on a show, it's not like you're just like in a booth calling, you know, old matches. We do that every now and then. But when you're on the road, you're just doing it. We are in it and you're doing it. But I thought you were going to bring such a really cool perspective to that role. I mean, looking at what Beth has been able to do, she has like really honed that in. I actually have Beth. uh, We've already recorded the interview with her, but she's going to be aired a little bit later. But we talk about the whole thing of her getting into her comfort zone. She's been doing it for two years now. And now she's feeling like she like kind of has her footing. But it does take that time. And it sucks because it seems like the patience on the other end can be a little bit fleeting, which can be frustrating. I worked with Vic a lot. Vic is who helped me. And obviously Byron, he like really, really helped me like just kind of lead the conversation. So I just tried to follow them. But yeah, I can say that as because I don't, I'm not as well versed or you do, it kind of comes in like where you come in, you know, like, so I wasn't as familiar with like the Kevin Dunn side or even Michael Cole. And like, I love Cole, but that's not where I came through. So I didn't really know who exactly to talk to or how to get, you know, so I just tried to, hone it in and study or do what I could, but I'm like, Oh, it's a whole different way to look at wrestling from that space. So I like, it's, it's, it's hard. It's fun though. It's fun and it's challenging and it's fun to like put your mind in that, like to get in that headspace. But 
what I found like that, that I always struggled with it was that it, it does take so long to get good at that. Like if I'm not good at something right away, I'm like, this fucking sucks. Like I want to be able to be good at something and it, it that just does not work like that. Right. I'm the same. I'm just so, I hate being like average or just like, I can't. And I'm like, especially if like, because everything that we do is in such a bigger public eye. And I don't want to be like, I, I don't know. want to be the shits at something. And they're like, oh my God, she's terrible. What? I'm not, I'm what? <laughs> I know it's the fucking worst. You're just like under that microscope and like all of these fans that loved you are like, Hey, you're kind of shit at this. That's how I felt. <laughs> I was like, what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> so, but it is what it is. Um, what about, um, in, were you considering stepping into like a producer role at any point, or is that something that you would want to do in some other capacity or we're just healthy and baby girls getting back in that ring? You know, I don't really know. I do think that obviously I wanted that closing moment, whatever that was like something to kind of tie up that string or put a little bow on it. So then I could mentally and wholeheartedly just step into another role. I think that's genuinely like, that was just it. Um, and so I was trying out the, I think that I would have done really great at the producer role. I do think it's a hard, it's hard to do that behind the scenes work, the agenting of the matches kind of a thankless job. It's a really difficult. And I don't know if me my, personally on a soul level, I could handle it or how long I could handle. It. I just think that I would find it very rewarding yet unrewarding and like kind of, you know, where you were just kind of in this space of it's awesome, but it's also very stressful. When you think of that job too, it's like, it's one thing. And, you know, obviously take my knowledge of this with a very puny grain of salt, but it's like being able to, to put together a match is one thing of creatively helping, you know, if you're working on the women's matches or whatever to like help people get in that mindset. But then it's another thing when you get on like the TV side of things and you're sitting in gorilla and you're sitting next to, to Vince and he's questioning you about stuff or wondering why a finish is what it is, or if a talent doesn't do what they do. And then that lands on your shoulders. Like that's tough. That is tough. And you're constantly playing that middleman. And it's like, yeah, it's a, it's a hard space to be in. So I don't know. It could have been cool. I don't know because my patience, you know, even in a trainer role, like I feel like I'm such a perfectionist that I don't even know if I'd be too hard on the students, you know, in a space of not nasty, People need but that. just like People demand need a, a little lot. bit of that. I know. I know. But then I go, well, my head thinks in more of a creative space. So like character development and that kind of stuff of like promos and gear and like that whole, the whole package kind yeah. of stuff. So I would, love to do something with that, like uh, help the younger kids, like come up with their, what they're going to do, that character, what it is. Like, do they have someone at NXT that does that specifically, or it's kind of just producers, everyone kind of chimes in. I mean, I feel like everything sort of fell on Dusty's shoulders from the get-go, but I don't know who kind of steps in now. Is it all just Hunter? Well, I think there's a lot, I mean, there's a huge team down there that's really between, and I think between all of them, they kind of come up with and hopefully the talent, because that's who's really going to pull the character off, right? Like it's the talent to come up with this character that's really they think is going to resonate and that they can pull off and do and they want to do because that's really it, right? Yeah. If you're going to be able to sell something, 100% it's got to come from your heart. Um, did it seem to you like what could have been a great little bow for you to wrap up at WWE? Because it seemed like you were going into maybe a bit of a storyline with Chelsea Green. That would have been fun. And it would have been such full circle for you, right? I mean, she was doing the fandom thing for you. We started actually doing that on Twitter after the fact, because we, I really, you know, it wasn't good. I didn't really think it was going to happen at that point because they had already pulled it. 
because we shot the stuff and everything for it. And for whatever reason, it just never got approved prior to us even going out there and having the match. And I don't really know what happened. But never had I ever had something like that happen, except for the one time when I debuted with CM Punk on Sunday Night Heat and that match got pulled from the episode. That was the only other time. I was like, this is wild. I can't believe we just went out there and wrestled and shot all this stuff and now we're not doing it. I don't understand. That's got to be such a weird feeling to be like, hey, we just shot something cool. We've accomplished something great. This is the debut of something interesting. And then all of that air gets sucked out of the room. Yeah, because that was supposed to be my comeback or whatever. That was part of my comeback from the injury and stuff. And I was like, oh, this would actually be really, really cool. And it's a cool way to flip the script, do it differently, but then maybe hopefully build Chelsea up and do something. And maybe she even like retires me or whatever and be a cool thing to do and a full circle, like little moment. I don't know. It could have been awesome. It could have been pretty awesome, I guess. The next time you're watching basketball, I've got the perfect way for you to get in on the action for free. I'm talking about NBA in play. It's absolutely free to play on the FanDuel app and features all the fun of live betting. NBA in play turns every quarter of every game into a free contest where you can win real cash prizes. So while you're watching the game, all you have to do is predict the outcome of plays and game props before they happen to claim your share of the prize pool. Best of all, a new contest starts every quarter of every game, giving you even more ways to win. FanDuel is the exclusive home for NBA in-play, so the action's always available right at your fingertips on the FanDuel app. The app is so easy to use and it takes less than two minutes to sign up. And it doesn't matter where you live or where you're traveling to because NBA in-play is available in every state. Don't miss your shot. Get in the game and download the FanDuel app to start playing NBA in-play today. Um, okay, I feel like I would be remiss to not ask you this and um, answer however you want. We can cut it if you want. Um, your thoughts on Eva Marie re-debuting on Raw this week. You know, honestly, I say like, I think it's incredible that she's been able to step away and still remain relevant and rebrand herself and almost excel outside. That's really not a lot. Not everybody does that. And so I don't think her wrestling ability was ever her strength. So I hope that she's, I know she's been down in NXT working and stuff. So I don't know. I don't think the wrestling bit was ever her thing, you know? Right. Like, I feel like there's always been, even going back to like old school wrestling, I still believe that there's a role for everybody. And not everybody has to be a five-star wrestler or whatever, you know, and have dream matches. That doesn't have to be a thing. If their character is strong and they can sell tickets and ratings, then I guess it works. Yeah, absolutely. I I mean, you're right. There is definitely different roles for everybody. Not everybody has to be that like super mega athlete that's going to do like, you know, these 60 minute Iron Man matches or anything like that. It's always ironic when you go like, oh, well, they have uh, to the fans. They go, well, you just had all these budget cuts. You let all these people go. And then you debut somebody else, but they always debut new talent after WrestleMania as well. So it just falls in line with the. Anyways, everyone has their role and it's, I mean, it did. She made a big splash. I think, you know, when you want to look at somebody that's able to get heat, that's her. Hopefully it's something she's able to turn into something awesome. Yeah, for sure. And she's beautiful and she's stunning. And I, and I do have mad respect in the sense that like she has a million followers and and she's been able to rebrand herself and, you know, really do a whole other thing outside of wrestling. Once she left me being an entrepreneur and I'm always like looking at stuff. So I completely respect that side of her. And I think that she can capitalize on all this heat and just kind of go like, yeah, so 
that's where the real, like everybody will hate her and it'll be great for her. Yeah. It seems right now, like that's a thing that she is leaning into and just, I mean, I mean, obviously I'm just basing this off of the tweets that she's been posting and all that, but it seems, you know, obviously she must've been prepared coming into this of like, okay, here they don't we go. Like me. Yeah. yeah. Here we go. Coming in hot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, coming in hot. Yeah. Coming in hat. Um, so I saw recently that you were talking about um, ageism and I, I feel like I want to like kind of revisit that conversation because it is very funny the way that uh, the tables turn. I mean, it's sort of that age old thing of obviously women get the short end of the stick on that. Um but yeah, it's sort of like, like, what are, what are your thoughts or how were you feeling when you felt like that was something that was being pinned on you at a certain point? Um, you know, and I, I think that because people go like, oh, ageism, it isn't a thing. And I don't think it's as much a thing for guys as it is for women because it's a hundred percent a thing. Right. So then when they go, I'm like, you're okay. So I'm not, I think they're going like, well, for men and women, but no, I'm saying for women, it is different because we're, I mean, what was I? I was 38 when I had diapers and a walker delivered to me, which is funny. And it's television. And I did it because you are, that is my employer, you know, like we're doing a job and it's like, okay, this is the storyline we have. So you try to make everything that you have gold, right? Like if you're, that's what you're given, you're like, okay, you know, and if it was going to pay off, it was going to pay off in the end. The thing is, is that it never really paid off. That was the unfortunate thing or being asked to like, feel like almost not asked to retire, but to move into a different role without having, and I'm going like, well, I'm only, you know, 38, 39. And some of the girls are my same age. And I know I've been on television for 20 years or whatever it is. And, but I feel like that should be a good thing. Not a one. Like, why are we not putting value into that of somebody that has been in the ring as long as you have, and somebody that is you know, especially like amongst a locker room, it's like everybody right. respects the hell out of you. So why are we not portraying that on television? Well, and I know they, you know, called me a legend and put me in that area in the sense of that or six time women's champion. They always promoted that. I wish there would have been a, ha- a real moment of like this, either going after the championship or this one moment that was like really a defining thing in that back run for me. That's it. And, you know, and it's, it was cool. And I had such an amazing time and being able to work with Alexa and do all that stuff. And, you know, even with Foxy and stuff like that, but I just feel like it was, I was always then in that, like, just kind of middle player, which is fun. And you're in the locker room and you're part of the whole thing, but you're not the thing. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, I mean, just having all of that experience under your belt and being able to come in and and have the impact that you have and being able to pass knowledge on to other women. And they are all always very receptive to those conversations, it seems, right? No, they're amazing. But yeah, that locker room was so fun. They're so great. That's the hard part about being away is is like missing the locker room. Miss those gals. They're unruly. They're wild. They're nuts. Um, but yeah, it is just interesting. Cause I mean, that's something that I've always, I just don't think men ever have to think about it the same way. Cause I mean, I think about that for myself. I mean, just for my, you know, when we're talking about age, but it's like for me to leave WWE, I'm 35 now. And you start like you, you instantly start clocking time on yourself. Cause you're like, Oh my God, I have to do this by this time. Or this needs to happen by then because that's just what has been projected on us since like the beginning of time that once you hit your mid thirties, it's like time to wrap it up. Yep. Have babies and move on and do all that. And maybe more of a homebody kind of thing. It's just like, what, what? No, 
why can't I do all of these things? Why can't I do all of these things? I don't understand. Yeah. You want to see someone multitask, ask a busy woman to do another thing and it's going to get done. Yes. Like without question. That is my entire existence is multitasking all day. You'll see. Okay. What are you working on now? What is happening? Cause you said you've got a couple irons in the fire. You're working on some things. What's happening? Yeah. Well, I have a new single coming out soon. So I'm super Yay. stoked about that. Been working oh my on God. That. Wait, can we talk about that photo shoot? That's for another single that's coming out a little later in the summer, but yeah, I've been working hard. So I've been writing this whole time during COVID and sitting at home and homebodying. So it's been fun. And so I think this next, like this whole next album, I want to do all originals, all stuff that I wrote, co-wrote on. So I'm super stoked about that. But yeah, this next song I have is coming out in a few weeks. So I'm super excited about that. What's it called? Grown Ass Woman. Oh, of course. I'm so excited. And I, we wrote it with the Chapel Heart Band, these girls out of Mississippi, and they're incredible. It's going to be amazing. It's like a female anthem. It's going to be the anthem of the summer. I'm oh, I love that. Because you moved to Nashville not that long ago. Has that been a big um, factor for you to be able to do more music yeah, while you're out there? I think, well, I wanted to be here for so long, but I was still, t- I mean, my home is Virginia, right? So my family's there, my friend's there. And even with Donovan and then going back to work and being on the road full time, it was just easier to be in Virginia. But now I'm just kind of like, if I want to do, I'm just more, I can get to meetings. I can get to rights. I can be here to get that business done. And then when I go home and see my family, I'm actually visiting my family, not multitasking all day. Like, as you do. Yeah, as we do. That's what happened. I know my mom's visiting right now. And this morning I was like texting with you. I'm texting producers. She's asked me about something on HGTV. I'm like, mom, I'm working. Like I, <laughs> she's like, <"What?" laughs> she doesn't realize I'm working on my phone. So I'm like, not, I'm like half listening to her, half paying attention to what I'm like trying to deal with work wise. But yeah, it's, it's crazy. Okay. So new single is coming out grown ass woman in a couple of weeks. Cannot wait to hear that. Um, what else is happening? Well, we just launched, my husband and I, Nick and I launched Legacy Subs at the beginning of the year and it's doing amazing. So we, yeah, we're doing super great with that. And then I'm getting ready to come out with a female line. What goes into the line? How do you like, how do you do this? It's all, it's supplements. Yes, they're supplements. So it's like we have right now we have, uh, it's all, it's a male because Nick picked out these supplements. So it's like a male T assist uh, stack, like a test stack. And then it's a um, pre-workout. I take the fat burner and the sleep aid. I love them. They're amazing. Um, so now I'm looking at the female line for like a multivitamin. So I've been looking at multivitamins and like just the formulas and stuff, a different fat burner. So a fe- more female driven fat burner, some gummies, like a hair and nail gummy and a um, collagen gummy and an anxiety formula I was looking at. Oh, I also love that. Give me that. What if I mix the anxiety formula with the fat burner? <laughs> All at one time, okay. you know? <laughs> Got That's it. really good. That's the way to go. I need the upper and the downer. I got to meet <laughs> yeah, in the middle here. Just level me out. So, okay. So I have never taken a fat burner. Walk me through fat burners. You've never taken one? Never. I've always been a little bit afraid of them. Amazing. Good for you. Yeah. I've never good done it. If you don't need them. I, oh, I, I, it's I not that them. I don't need them. Let's make that very fucking clear. I could use a fat burner, but I'm just no, afraid you can't of take them. One right now, no, no not right now. But, but I mean, like prior to even being pregnant, like, yeah, spin me up one of those. So I have a sensitive stomach when it comes to all that stuff. Like, so I have to be like, I can't take a bunch and I can't take all a bunch of stuff. So I literally probably take like a multivitamin. And then now I take a fat burner, our fat burner before I work out. That's the only, if I'm not working out that day, I won't take one. I only take it pre like 30 minutes before my workout. Cause it gives but, you like a jolt, right? 
Yeah, well, I think it just gets me a little extra energy and hopefully I'm burning a little bit more fat than I'm targeting and stuff like that. It makes me, I don't know. I, I feel like the like ours is awesome. I only need to take one, but um, I've gone through so many and I would always change them. Like I would change bottles and change formulas because I think my body would get used to it or, you know, some blends were just better. Some were more like carb conscious where others were more just the energy and, you know, the fat burning stuff. So, you know, Nick really like the beautiful thing is, it's like, I, I didn't really go into more taking those. Like I took them in OVW a bunch and then I kind of got off of them. And then I started taking them again more after I had Donovan, like trying to kick back in because I'm like 35 coming out of having him and kind of my metabolism's a bit different. Plus I really went for, I don't know about you. I went for it in my pregnancy. (laughs) I've been really enjoying ice cream these days. Very into ice cream right (laughs) now. (laughs) Like what do I have in the freezer? What's still in here? What can I get Mm. into? But I'm also aware that like my window's getting shorter and shorter. And I'm like, oh, wait, should I like, I should order that cinnamon roll now because once the baby's here, I might not be as inclined to be doing that. Right. Kind of, yeah, you can't help but kind of lean into that a little bit. I know. It's, oh my, I'm I'm ordering one today. I just said cinnamon bun and it just made me starving. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I just started salivating out of nowhere. (laughs) Um, and grown ass women, the show you're, so how's everything going with that? How did this all come about for you guys? Um, well, obviously it was something that we had talked about doing uh, for a while, you know, like I've known Val since TNA, since I was there with impact wrestling, Lisa, I've known forever since way back before WWE. And I think that we were all sitting at home bored during COVID and wanted something to do, you know, Renee, I'm just going to say this. And I tried to pitch this idea for us to do like a view, but on the panel, and it would have been yourself and myself. And maybe a, I said, well, we could have like four women and then we'd always have like a revolving two or one or two extra and we could do all kind of fun. It never got its own legs, but it's funny because I, I, I thought about that when I saw you guys start promoting this. I'm like, yes, this is what Mickey has been talking about for a long time. And now it's here. Yeah, I'm excited. It's so fun. And I, I couldn't pick some better girls to do it with. They're so fine. Like that you would love Val. I don't know if you've met Val yet, but you would love her. I have met her very briefly. I met her one time. Uh, this was many, many years ago. Uh, and I was, I, for some reason thought she was Rob Van Dam's wife. And he was like, ma'am, what? <laughs> Cause they were, they were what? together. He was like, no, I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. she's lovely That's, she's really really yeah, she's amazing well she's just so smart so she's just like kind of the leader and the host because she does all that stuff anyway and then lisa and i get to chime in and if you haven't met lisa either she's freaking hilarious she's the best That's yeah awesome. so it's a good group of girls and i think we just get to talk about so many things like and from a different perspective not like hey let's sit here and analyze wrestling and all that, but more just our own experiences. And just if we were locker room talk, really, if or in our hotels, once we got to the town, that's what I explain it as. That's when it really happens. Like, let's go grab a glass of wine and unpack the day. Yes. (laughs) All of it. Those are the best moments. So it was always like my like hangout with Natty. Like, let's go get some wine and get some fries and talk some shit (laughs) about what happened through the day. Uh, when When can people check out your show? Um, well, it's on Wednesdays, every Wednesday it's five Eastern and we always go live in the chat and the YouTube chat. So you can go to golf TV, you can go to golf TV, TV.com and you can see everything, but we have a podcast now, the golf cast. And so, yeah, it's been fun. Like I'm super excited. I think now that I can really promote it and talk about it and do it full realm because kind of before it was like, Oh, you can, but you, you know, can't. And so I was like, Oh yeah. Were you getting, were you getting some restrictions on that? 
from WWE? We had to take a bunch of tweets down and all that stuff. And it was this a little, which is unfortunate because I would have, they, I mean, WWE has their own podcast network and stuff too. And we could have totally done maybe something there or, but I don't know. So now we have our own shows outside here. (laughs) Here we are. Now we have our own shows and we're doing them and we get to be in the driver's seat for them and fully control the whole machine. It's amazing. It really is. Yeah. And okay. Where can people check out your supplements? Um, It's LegacySupps.com. Great. And then the new single's coming out. Yep. So keep your eyes peeled. I cannot wait to hear this new song. It's so good. I'm so excited. It's I'm so proud of it. Right. Not even from a, yeah, I'm just really, really proud of it because we got to write it. I wrote it with my friend, Sean and Brandon Green and these girls, Chapel Heart, like they're amazing and it's going to be powerful and fun and anthony and yeah. Oral Sessions is proud to be presented by FanDuel. You guys never played FanDuel Fantasy before? Great. FanDuel is offering up to a $500 bonus instantly when you make your first deposit with our 20% deposit match. Uh, Why do I play FanDuel? I play FanDuel because I'm new to the fantasy game. I kind of need somebody to hold my hand through the whole process. And the thing with the FanDuel Fantasy app is that it's so incredibly easy to use. Even a dumb-dumb like me can make it work. And if you happen to be a fence sitter like yours truly, you guys can pick a new team every single game. You can switch it up. You can change your mind. It's all up to you. Ball is in your court. So FanDuel is offering new users a deposit match of up to 500 smackaroos when you make your first deposit. Just go to FanDuel.com slash cowherd for more info. FanDuel.com slash cowherd. FanDuel, more ways to win. Um, what other promotions do you have your eye on? I mean, obviously with your husband, Nick Aldis, he's out busy doing his NWA thing at tippy top. What do you have your eye on wrestling wise? I don't really, yeah, what I keep trying to think of. What am I going to do? What, what should I do? What do I want to do? Like, I don't know. I don't know. I think I have, like, I would really love to do something in that female brand perspective. That if I was going to tie myself to something, if I felt like I was real, that's what I think that I would want to sink my teeth into, you know, and not just from, but from a space of like, just developing a cool show that's based around women and kind of like empowers and lifts them up. So that's what I'm kind of working on and focusing on if I can do something in that space. And then other than that, I'm like, I don't really know if I even need that button now, or if it's the same, or if it's just like, whatever. And just kind of focus on my other projects and do other stuff. I don't know. Is there a women's division uh, that exists currently that you kind of have your eye on that you think has a a pretty promising crop of ladies? Well, I think the knockouts division is amazing. I mean, I think the eight, like all the, every promotion has an incredible locker room, like really from the female. Like, I think that that's just, it is like most of the talent is signed somewhere, you know? That's just it. Like they're all signed for a reason. So that's kudos to them because I think that every promotion has a, you know, really strong foundation to do something with women in mind or like that perspective. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. It's going to be really interesting to see who like really kind of takes the reins to do that. And that seems to be a thing that's been trending quite a bit on Twitter. I mean, seeing Mick Foley get behind it as well. And he's, he's always been such an advocate for the women in wrestling as well. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm excited to kind of see who's going to jump on that first and to see the success of it. Cause right. we always have the conversation of like, why aren't we doing evolution 
every single year. Why is there not that WWE? Yeah, let's do let's do like make it an annual pay-per-view for the women. It's not it's not for lack of talent or depth of talent, especially in WWE. It's like shit. There's so many good girls there and like people that don't get that proper TV time. Well, even if it's a place to like, you know, it's like the May Young Classic, you could kind of incorporate it or folded it in and that evolution could be the annual event. Or I think that there's so much young talent that are signed NXT, NXT UK, but there's all the talent that are still sitting, waiting to hopefully get a spot on that television that you could really take a chance to like help develop and really brand them in a different space, you know, just to have that experience is so invaluable. Like I can only imagine, especially for some of the younger girls, you know, you look at the, the all women's Royal rumbles that we've had and even going back to evolution, uh, and them to be able to share the ring with women that have already been generals of the ring for the past, however many years. I mean, that really is so invaluable and such a great way to sort of debut new people and let them kind of wet their feet and figure all that stuff out. So Hopefully that's not too far behind. Someone's going to do it. Might as well be me. What? Yes, it might as well be you. Let's go. 100%. Are you going to come with me? Maybe. I might as well. Why not? I I mean, I'm here. I'm sitting around. So (laughs) send me out that invite. I'll be there. Let's do it out in Nashville. I want to get out there. I keep trying to convince John to move out there. So you guys would love it. I think I would totally love it and thrive there. And honestly, I think John would love it too. I think both of you would find like little, cause it's such, it has like such like little pockets in and around the city that are super like, it's just so like, and there's really like everyone. It's not just country music. It's literally everyone. It's so cool. It's such a cool city. It is a very cool city. I feel like it's a space to be, but I also feel, I mean, I know people know that, but then I say it out loud and I'm like, oh, is it going to become like Austin where like everyone moves there? It is becoming like that. Everyone is moving. It's like one of the fastest growing cities, like little baby LA, but with a accent. <laughs> with an accent, a little more property. <laughs> a little nicer. Which is nice. I, I can handle both of those things. <laughs> All right, Mickey, thank you so much for hanging out with me. I'm glad that I got to have you on and let you tell your story, hear your side of everything. We'll put trash bag gate 2020 oh behind us. <laughs> it's done. Oh my God. It's insane, Uh, but really looking forward to all these new projects that you're working on and seeing where you're going to end up and can't wait to hear this new song. I love you so much. I appreciate you having me on. You know, I'm so proud of you. Like I really, you're doing so amazing and you're doing so much awesome stuff. And I knew that you were going to thrive and freaking kick ass. Thank and kick you. down doors. I already knew that. So I'm just so, and I'm so happy for you guys. Thank you. You know, it, it is really, it's really cool to. Uh, you know, for you now as well as like now to like be back in the driver's seat and be in full control of the things that, that you want to do and start dabbling into things that maybe we couldn't have done before. And it's nice to still reignite with that fire within yourself again and like do that again. It's, it's really, really cool. So let's knock down some motherfucking doors. All of the damn doors. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right. Thank you, Mickey. And hopefully um, you'll get your Wi-Fi set up now that the tornado has gone. That'll be fun. Get those tornadoes <laughs> out of here. I mean, at least get the TV running. Oh, my God. And a big thank you to Mickey for joining me on this episode, being open and honest about everything, kind of clearing the air. And, you know, the one thing I will say, it's it's so 
it's kind of easy to pick at the the negative side of things and feeling negative and feeling a certain way. But I, I, I mean, talking to Mickey, that is, you know, just not the case and that's not who she is. And it's funny how things can be so easily misconstrued on Twitter, which is another reason why social media can be the devil. It's like when you're texting with somebody, sometimes things aren't read the right way or they're not... Uh, you know, things can get construed so easily. And I think that's kind of happened here as well. But, uh, you know, I think just for Mickey looking on the other side of what her career is going to look like, other things she's got going on. I mean, she's a busy woman, a busy, passionate, driven woman. So, I mean, having this be one little sidestep for her is, uh, I consider it kind of a non-issue because this woman's going to continue to knock down doors and continue to do her thing and, and carve her own path. So really looking forward to all things Mickey James. Make sure to follow her on her her Twitter, her Instagram. Uh, you guys can check out all of her shows that she's working on, her songs that are coming out. We've got all those things. Her Twitter is um, just at Mickey James. I'm sure most of you guys probably already follow her there. I'm looking at her Twitter right now, already almost up to 1 million followers. So maybe you're already there, probably already there. Uh, and then you follow me on Instagram and Twitter, uh, Renee Paquette and The Volume Sports for all things The Volume Network. Get on it, like it, subscribe it, share it, turn on notifications, all that cool shit. And I'll see you guys next time. Well, you'll hear me next time on Oral Sessions. <laughs>